0: Welcome to the Unity of the Valley Spiritual Center podcast, featuring Rev. Dahlia Adams. You may visit us online at unityvacaville.org, or you may visit us in person at 350 North Orchard Avenue in Vacaville, California. And now, here is Rev. Dahlia Adams. My name is Rev. Dahlia Adams, and I am so honored to be here with you today. Today, we are talking about thinking, and the heart of my message is don't believe everything that you think. Now, you need to pay attention. I did not say do not believe anything that you think. That would be crazy-making and impossible to maneuver. We need to have some comfort level within ourselves and within our thoughts. But the message is don't believe everything that you think. Today, before coming here, I was on the phone with one of these service providers and went through all of the menus and the weights and the music that they play for you to make your weight more joyous. And when I finally was connected to a person, there was a roundabout circling with the final message, we can't do anything to help you. And I had some thoughts. I had some thoughts that came up after that. And then it was a short drive here to this beautiful sanctuary where we are. And I walked in and our sound people We're doing things that look very strange and unfamiliar. And the thoughts that came up is, oh no, our system is down too. And then I had some thoughts. But none of those were true. None of them. That was just my adrenaline and cortisol getting my system hyped up and my thoughts went right along with it. And had I bought into those thoughts and held them as true, I don't think I could be talking to you right now because I would be in a space that was not centered. I would be in an inner space where I was not clear. So I was thankful that my message today is don't believe everything you think because it led me to immediately to check these perceptions that happened to be way off and I learned that they were way off. There was no problem. Okay, so that's a long winded explanation, but it's very important to know it's don't believe everything you think. There are many things that it's very good to believe and to know and to think about. But the second part of the message is to be mindful of what you think, to be aware of what thoughts are going through your mind. When I walked into the sanctuary and started thinking that the system was not working here either, I was aware that I was thinking that. And that awareness allowed me to step back from that thought Do you know how sometimes when we're thinking something, especially when we put energy behind it and there's feeling behind it, it almost feels like the thought that we're thinking is who we are. I am this thought. I am thinking this thought. This thought is me. And when that thought is not useful or not true or upsetting, And I'm thinking that that thought is who I am. I'm in deep trouble. So the moment I become mindful of my thoughts, of my perceptions, I take a step back and my thought is here. And who I am, the essence of me, is not one and the same as that one thought. And then I can... Look at that thought. I can consider that thought and I can make choices whether to believe it, whether not to believe it, whether to check it out, whether to gather evidence, or maybe just let it go. Many of the thoughts that rumble into my brain throughout the day are best just let go. So don't believe everything that you think and be mindful. Of what you think. The word think though is loaded. If I asked you what does it mean to think. And I had a room full of a thousand people. I could get a thousand different answers. Because the word is loaded. It means so much. It means so many different things. And it depends on who is categorizing it or defining it common ways of understanding the word think or thinking is our perceptions, our assumptions, our logical processes, our beliefs, our imagination, the stories we tell ourselves and others, our storytelling, and on and on and on the way we do math problems, The way we write a short story, the way we evaluate things and compare things, all of those are ways of thinking. And so I think today, I think today, today I want to begin by looking at perceptions because this entire topic is going to take more than just this one talk. And perceptions are essentially a combination, and this is really simplified. There's a process through which our bodies take in stimuli, and then we have sense organs that translate these stimuli into information that our brains can use. Those are the sensations, but immediately superimposed on those sensations is the meaning that we give those sensations. And together the sensations and the meaning we give them become our perception. And the meaning that we give our sensations depends on our biology, how we're wired, how our body is translating those sensations. The meaning we give those sensations is dependent on our experiences from the time we were very little until we reached adulthood and beyond. The meaning we give our sensations is also linked to our emotional state, It may be linked to what that sensation triggers in terms of memories. So the meaning that we give the sensations is dependent on a lot of factors. Some of them leading to a relatively true experience of what's out there that we're receiving through our senses. And other times, the meaning we give can be pretty darn bizarre. So when we're talking about don't believe everything you think, what we're focusing on is the piece of perception where we give meaning to what is happening. I've told this story before, so if you've heard it, forgive me. But I had an experience, I went to a 10-day retreat, 10-day silent retreat, a Buddhist retreat in which the silence was a noble silence, which meant no gadgets, no phones, no devices, no physical tablets, no journals, no pens, no paper, no books, no eye contact, no you know, little messages through, you know, gestures. So the silence was to be complete and for 10 days. And I spent those 10 days with a roommate. And sometimes, often, when I've gone to those retreats and I've had a roommate, there's a few hours the first day before you go into the silence. And I've usually had a chance to meet my roommate And we introduce each other and we know a little bit about each other. We smile at each other and we do the nice things that people do when they're trying to be friendly. This particular retreat, I did not get to meet my roommate before going into the silence. And so there we were sharing a room, we're not supposed to look at each other, we're not supposed to nod at each other, we're not supposed to smile at each other, we're supposed to act like the other person is not there. And we did, we were very compliant. And after a while, I really wished I would have gotten a different roommate because this particular one wasn't friendly at all. In fact, she seemed kind of uppity and not very nice kind of cold but it was okay I didn't have to talk to her so that made it okay and and so there we were for 10 days and then the last day when we got out of the silence and I got to meet her she was actually very sweet very friendly very nice and I laughed and I told her you know with this silence and the not communicating, I was having these awful thoughts about you. I saw you as someone very unfriendly and cold. And she laughed because that's how I was seeing you. Okay, so the meaning that each of us was assigning was way off base. For that reason, we shouldn't believe everything that we think. We shouldn't believe every perception that comes our way. Um, There's a couple, Rosamund, Stone, Xander, and Benjamin Xander, who wrote a book. This book was written maybe 20 years ago, but it's fabulous. I just found it. It's called The Art of Possibility. Benjamin Xander has been... And I don't know if he's still, probably not, but he had been for a long time the the conductor of the Boston Philharmonic. And his wife, Rosamond was a coach, therapist, author, speaker. And together they wrote this book. And in this book, they gave many examples of how our perceptions can be Very strange at times, or very skewed or very different based on our history, on the way we've grown up, on our culture, on our circumstances. And one example that they gave is the way American people or Western people, European people, and Mayan people perceive photographs. Mayan is one ethnic group in Ethiopia. And so they brought photographs to the people in the village. And the Mayan people took these photographs and they looked at them. They shook them by their ears. They tore off a piece of them and chewed the corner to see how they tasted. They crinkled them. But they could not see the images on the photographs, those flat images, And for us, those photographs can be very dear. These days, they're usually on our cell phones, but there was a time when these paper photographs were the primary way we had of holding memories of places, of people dear to us. But to the Mayan people, it was some shiny, flat thing that didn't taste very good. It made a good, crinkly sound, but it did not have another meaning. They did not give the photographs the meaning that people in the Western culture do. Another example that the Zanders gave is this puzzle. And if you've seen this puzzle before, fine, just bear with me as I talk about it. But if you haven't seen this puzzle before, A good idea might be to pause the recording and play with it and see what happens for you. The directions are, you know, put this on a piece of paper and get a pencil. And then without lifting your pencil, using four lines, connect all of the dots. And see what happens. See where you go with it. The first time I tried this, I was bound and determined to figure it out. And I spent a while and I came up with the conclusion that it was impossible. I tried every possible combination of lines and there was no way that I could use four lines, four straight lines and connect every dot without lifting my pencil. So my conclusion, the meaning that I gave it at the very end is this was impossible. But it's very possible, and let me show you how it's done. You draw one line, but you have to be willing to go beyond the edge of an imaginary box. Most people, when interviewed, acknowledge that one of the meanings they gave to this set of stimuli is that those nine dots were creating a box. And as long as you try to stay inside this box, it was impossible. So with that first line, you extend beyond the imaginary box that was never there, the imaginary box that was only there because you gave it that meaning. And then the second line, you come back down, and you cross two more dots, and once again, you go beyond the imaginary box. And then for your next line, you go back up, forming a triangle. And then for your fourth line, you come back down. So four lines, without ever lifting the pencil, you've connected all of the dots. There's another puzzle that has you do that with three lines that's even a little more challenging. But that's for another day. Again, this is, we look at those nine dots because of our culture, our background, what we see typically in our world, the meaning that my mind created and the meaning that many people's mind creates is this is a box. And then we try to do the task inside the box. And that's saying we have to go outside the box to perform the task. But in life, I've reflected, you know, there have been so many times when I've wanted to demonstrate or manifest something in my life. Or maybe I wasn't even consciously using those words, but there was a vision I was holding, a dream that had captured me. And as my life unfolded, it just seemed totally impossible to have that which I wanted come into being. I've told a story about as a little girl, My father told me I would go to Heidelberg University. So I had this image of after high school, I apply to Heidelberg University. I go to Heidelberg University as a student. I graduate from there. When I got to be old enough to be applying to colleges, my parents told me not only was I not going to Heidelberg, I was not leaving Cleveland, which was the city in which I grew up. And so the dream fell apart at that point because, in my mind, in the picture that I had, my dream was now impossible. But I graduated from a college in Cleveland. I went to Europe just to travel because I had saved up enough money and I could. And while there, while I was in Europe, Through the strangest of circumstances, I was offered a job at Heidelberg University. And that vision that I had of me walking down the campus carrying books came into being. But it went way outside of the box as it came into being. So anytime, anytime I find myself thinking, this is impossible. I remember this puzzle. I remember my Heidelberg University experience and so many other experiences that were in my own mind. There was no way of solving this puzzle. The meaning that I was giving things made the outcome I wanted completely impossible. There was someone that I know um, who wanted to join our chaplain program and stood and told me it was impossible because of his work schedule. Told him to try it anyway, and he did. And circumstances kept happening and unfolding that he made every single meeting. So we need to be careful and not believe everything that we think especially our perceptions the meaning that we give the circumstances that we see the circumstances we experience so we limit ourselves when we when we automatically align with every thought every perception every meaning that we give we end up limiting ourselves. I've, I have so often gotten to that place in my mind of this is impossible when it truly is possible. I had an experience when I was um, taking my licensing exams for clinical psychology and i i prayed i was new to unity and i used the affirmative prayers i was learning and i visioned getting an 84 on one of the tests there are two of them one was had a reputation of being impossible again that that assumption that belief in the impossible so i envisioned getting an 84 on that test 70 was passing 80 was kind of a high average, and 84 was just like one little step beyond the high average. See, I had this assumption that that would be the absolute best I could do. So that's what I reached for. And in my prayers, in my process, what I was learning is that I was aligning with the creative power of the divine. That in this process of manifesting or demonstrating that I was allowing my creative self to align with the creative power of God to bring into being that which I was praying for. So I was aligning with the power that created this universe that is the source of this universe and all its complexity. And instead of asking for a 99, I asked for an 84, right? I didn't pray at all about the other test because I thought it was going to be easy. As it turns out, they revised the other test, and it was harder than the first one. And I got my 84 on the one that I held that image for the one that i prayed for the one that i released into the creative power of god i got my 84 but the one that i didn't limit the harder one i got a 99 and this voice within me said very clearly why do you limit yourself we limit ourselves because of our assumptions We limit ourselves because we believe that it can only happen inside a box or that my personal capacities are limited to this level and no more. The way we perceive ourselves sometimes is the way we limit ourselves. So don't believe everything that you think. Our unconscious assumptions can be very limiting. We don't even know we're operating from those assumptions. And they can put a lid on what we can do and how we can live. Don't believe everything you think. Don't believe every assumption, every perception, every meaning that you assign. Be mindful of the perceptions that you hold. Be mindful of the assumptions that go along with each perception. Be mindful of what you are thinking. And mindful doesn't mean you're fighting these things. Just be aware. Take that step back and know that this is a thought that I am holding, but this thought is not the truth of who I am. I can choose to embrace this thought or I can choose to let it go. I don't have to believe this perception or this assumption or this thought just because it came up within me. All kinds of nonsense comes up within me. Many, many beautiful and insightful thoughts come up within me. But I can be choiceful I can be choiceful in response to it. I heard a a Buddhist teacher, and I can't remember her name right now, and I apologize, but in her talk, when she was talking about being mindful of our thoughts, our perceptions, she said, with each one, just gently ask, is this true? And she said, when she's worked with people, Coach them to do this and the question is put out there is this true she says it's amazing how often people say probably not or i have no idea so these thoughts these perceptions come up that we don't know if they're true yet we hold on for dear life and this thought can be limiting us stopping us putting a lid on making us feel powerless or miserable, but we hold on for dear life because this thought came up inside of me and we falsely assume that this thought is who I am. So, believe only the perceptions and thoughts you choose to believe. To do that, you need to Notice them, step back from them. Gently ask, is this true? And if it's anything less than, yeah, absolutely, it's true. Allow room for something new and different and better to emerge. And so it is. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support this podcast, you may do so at unityvacaville.org.